0: Well, it's finally that time. Let's discuss the case for the New Orleans Saints making a change at head coach this offseason. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat Family? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Ross Jackson, credentialed media member, covering your New Orleans Saints as a senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network, Sports Illustrated's fan nation site covering the Saints. And on today's episode, we're going to finally make the case for why the New Orleans Saints should make a change at head coach this offseason we'll just talk about the facts and why they all add up to the Saints having good reason to do it if they want to we'll take a look at the different head coaching options that would potentially be out there should the New Orleans Saints make that change and of course because the Saints are technically still in play we'll wrap up with a quick look at the ridiculous scenarios that need to take place in order for the New Orleans Saints to maintain control, or not even control, but to maybe fall backwards into the playoffs. We're going to break all of that down here. I appreciate you very much for being an -er, everydayer, making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day, every day, and of course hope that you had a merry, merry Christmas all who observe and continued holidays for all who have More holidays to celebrate, including New Year's on the way. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by friends at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code Locked On NFL for $20 off of your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. The New Orleans Saints have every reason just looking at the facts, not going in the feelings, just looking at the facts here. The Saints have every reason to consider a head coaching change this offseason if they want to, and I really mean if they want to, because at this point, that remains the last bit. We're going to run down some things here, and I want to be really clear. None of this has anything to do with my feelings or anybody else's feelings. These are just facts, right? These are going to be reasons, and these are all going to be things that the New Orleans Saints should take a long, hard look at over the course of the offseason or the couple days after the offseason begins because you can't get behind on a head coaching search again. Um... The last piece of it is simply, are they willing to make the change or is the idea of stubborn loyalty something that really stands out for them and something that they want to continue to subscribe to? So let's just look at the facts about Dennis Allen. I'm not going to go into anything about him being, you know, X, Y, and Z. I'm not going to call anybody names. I'm not going to do anything like that because you don't have to. We don't have to make things up in order to understand why the New Orleans Saints have the ammunition that they need if they want to move on from Dennis Allen. Let's just look at the facts. He's a great defensive coordinator, but simply he's never proven to be a good head coach. He's never had a winning season. He could potentially get one. He needs a two-game win streak against a, a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team that embarrassed the New Orleans Saints earlier on this season. Yes, Derek Carr was coming off of that AC joint injury just a week before, I know, but still, Tampa embarrassed this team earlier this year. Now they have to travel to Tampa and hope that that doesn't happen again then they have to host the Atlanta Falcons, a team that they very well should have handled earlier on this season, but couldn't find a way to put that game away and keep control of that matchup. So you need two wins here to get the first ever winning season for Dennis Allen. His career coaching record so far, 22 wins, 46 losses. That's a 32.4 win percentage or a 0.324 is the way that the NFL tends to list it. That's the lowest, lowest, Head coaching win percentage among all active NFL coaches right now. Second in line on that is Todd Bowles with a .424, 42 wins, 57 losses, and he's about to potentially take his team to the playoffs, right? His team is the team in the NFC South that has control of its destiny. All they need to do is beat the Saints this weekend in Tampa. New Orleans, and I'm borrowing this from my good friend Doug Mouton over at WWL, who did a fantastic job with his four takeaways again this week. Make sure you go and check that out at WWL-TV. 6-0, the New Orleans Saints are against bad teams. And those are, I'm talking bad teams. The Tennessee Titans, the Carolina Panthers, the New England Patriots, oh, the Carolina Panthers twice, excuse me. The New England Patriots, the Chicago Bears, and the New York Giants. Then they're 0-3 and against the good teams that they've played. The Jacksonville Jaguars, the Detroit Lions, and the Los Angeles Rams. All three of those teams. And then you add in maybe the Minnesota Vikings in terms of a little bit of this part of the conversation, winning records going into their games against the New Orleans Saints. And the Saints did not lead for a single second in any of those four games. But the Saints undeniably 0-3 against good teams. Then you look at the teams in the middle. This is where I love what Doug did here. The Green Bay Packers, the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Indianapolis Colts, who the Saints won against, the Houston Texans, the Minnesota Vikings. And the Atlanta Falcons, six teams, one and five in those games. So as Doug put it, this team is better than the scrubs of the NFL, but not good enough to be in the middle. They're less than mediocre if you look at what they have been over the course of the season. And again, it's not feelings, that's facts. Look at the records. Look at the teams that they played against. Look at the teams they've won against. Look at the teams that they've lost against. Measure them against the opponents that they had in what was supposed to be the easiest schedule In the NFL, excuse me, the second easiest schedule in the NFL. So in a year where you have a $150 million quarterback, and look, whether or not you believe in the talent of Derek Carr, it doesn't matter. If you spend $150 million on a quarterback, there are expectations that are tied to that. And one of those expectations is that you're going to build a game plan that is actually beneficial for that quarterback as opposed to highlighting some of that quarterback's challenges. That's the job of the offensive coordinator, which we'll get to here in a little bit. So you have a $150 million quarterback. you got great weapons on offense. You still have a top 10 scoring defense in the NFL. And despite all of that, you do not control your destiny with two games left in the, the league's worst division. Two years in a row, in fact, in the league's worst division in football. And right now, the fan base feels like it's never been as disagreeable with the New Orleans Saints as a franchise as they are right now. In the easiest schedule, the easiest division over the course of the past two seasons. You can't figure out a way to get some of the most experienced or if not the most experienced roster, right? We're talking about an older roster when it comes to the New Orleans Saints. Don't get it twisted. So an experienced roster can't figure out or can't be prepped in a way to stand up and show up at the beginning of games. Road with an outdated offensive system, despite the fact that you have a rising star sitting on your coaching staff in Ronald Curry. And I get it. Ronald Curry is a guy who has never called plays and is all or not never called plays, but hasn't called regular season plays and is majority unproven. But what has Pete Carmichael proven other than the fact that the Saints need a better offense? So you chose to go with a proven underperformance than an unproven. Potential for improvement. Somebody's got to take the fall for that decision. Now, at this point, the New Orleans Saints could still get into the playoffs. I know it sounds crazy, but it can still happen. And make no doubt about it, if the Saints make the playoffs, Dennis Allen's safe. The New Orleans Saints will not move off of Dennis Allen. They might not move off of Dennis Allen if they miss the playoffs for what would be a second year in a row under him as head coach. It would be giving him a second year with his quarterback, right? He missed out on Deshaun Watson back in 2022. 2023 is his first year with his guy in Derek Carr. So 2024 effectively would be his opportunity to run it back. And he would get an opportunity in that case to run it back with a better offensive coordinator and a better offensive scheme that perhaps highlights the things that Derek Carr does well as opposed to the things that he doesn't. Maybe in that case, if you're winning and you're getting into the playoffs, you got to do it by winning out, right? So in that case, especially winning your division, which I think should be more important than making the playoffs. You're talking about getting your first very elusive winning season as a head coach, and you have to remember this team's record against good teams, 0-3, 0-4 if you put the Minnesota Vikings in there as a team with a winning record going into the game against the New Orleans Saints, and who are they going to have to play in the playoffs? Good teams with winning records. So what's the real expectation getting into the playoffs in that case? So what level of patience are the New Orleans Saints willing to have going into a 2024 and resubscribing to less than mediocre performance when it comes to this coaching staff and when it comes to this head coach? Would you be willing to prepare yourself if you're the New Orleans Saints for a potential in-season coaching change by bringing in an offensive coordinator who's got head coaching experience? And if you do that, what message does that send to your head coach in Dennis Allen? What message does that send to your roster that you don't trust him? So then, does that keep you from ever really being able to improve because you've got Dennis Allen looking over his shoulder for 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 the first four games of the season next year? Is that really going to lead you to improvement? I don't think so. So, if what the New Orleans Saints want to sign up for going into 2024 is what they have seen in 2022 in 2023, so be it. So be it. They can make that decision. The Saints, as they are assembled today, from head coaching from the head coach from the coaching staff on down most some of the coaching staff not all of the coaching staff they're not built to win in today's NFL not consistently at least so if that's really what you want to sign up for as an organization for a third year in a row there's no helping you <laughs> in that case if that's really what you want to do then so be it but being fair even being my fairest it's clear that there are more than enough reasons for a change at head coach for the New Orleans Saints this offseason. If the Saints were to go that route, there are going to be some very, very good head coaching candidates out there that will also help to improve the defense. So let's take a look at who some of those candidates would be if the New Orleans Saints go this route, because we can't have one conversation without having the other. We've got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, but a On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Saints is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook and the official sports betting partner here on the Locked On NFL, or really just all of Locked On. What am I saying? And we love it. So if you want to take a look at what's going on across the NFL, though, you can find all of that over at FanDuel, including the New Orleans Saints, who open as two and a half point underdogs on the road against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Feels a little low, right? Like they're on the road. Usually you get three points if you're the team. So what's going on with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week? that they aren't those heavy favorites like you would expect them to be on the roads. Maybe you want to get in on that line. Maybe you want to get in on some of the other things going on across the NFL, NBA, MLB, whatever it is that you're looking for. You're going to be able to find it all over at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And right now, if you're a first-time user of FanDuel, it gets even better. $150 in bonus bets if you simply win a $5 money line bet for your first bet. That's all you got to do. $150 if your team wins. You can then use that on uh, spreads, player props, over/unders, a whole bunch of different odds, everything that you're looking for, you're going to find over at FanDuel. So head over today, FanDuel.com, says Locked On to get started. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked On Saints. Big thank you for being an everydayer here on the show and making us your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget to go and check out the Locked On Sports today, twenty four seven stream, the nation's first national sports. Uh 24-7 stream on YouTube just doesn't get any better than that. Make sure you go and check it out over at Locked On Sports Today, today. So we're talking about the New Orleans Saints potentially making a change at head coach. Do I think that they're going to do it? I-, I don't know yet, right? Like I still think that probably doesn't happen. But if the New Orleans Saints wanted to make the decision, as we just laid out, they have the reasons to do so. So if they're going to do that, then they need to be ready to make the move in terms of who they want their next head coach to be. So I wanted to explore three options in particular. Um, of head coaches that you should have kind of on the mind. Actually, technically I've got four because I always overdo this whole thing. So if the New Orleans Saints wanted to make that move and they wanted to go for a new head coach next year, I do think that going for an offensive head coach in today's NFL is important. You can get a fantastic defensive coordinator. No, Dennis Allen would not stick around to be demoted to be the defensive coordinator for the New Orleans Saints. That would be foolish. He should move on, go somewhere else. If the New Orleans Saints move on from him, that would be the right thing to do. But Joe Woods, has been a a, a good uh, defensive coordinator throughout his career. He's been good with secondaries, all those other things. Like you kind of follow where he's been. You can see takeaway numbers boost up, all those other things. You saw that again uh, this year. So you would probably be set at defensive coordinator, but honestly, if you make a change at head coach, that head coach is going to want to bring in their guys. They're going to bring in their own OC. They're going to want to bring in their own defensive coordinator, hire their own defensive coordinator, all those other things. So it'd probably be, if you move on from Dennis Allen, you're probably revamping the majority of the New Orleans Saints coaching staff. Some of it deserves, some of it, of it certainly not. There's certainly um, coaches that you'd love to see stick around here in New Orleans. Clancy Barone, uh, Mike Hodges, these other guys that, you know, uh, Marcus Robertson, who's done a fantastic job with the secondary. Like You can see the evidence of like where you want guys to stick around and all that, but very likely these guys would come with their own changes. So without further ado, here are the four guys that I think would make a lot of sense for the New Orleans Saints to pursue if they open up the head coaching job uh, search. Uh, Ben Johnson, who is, of course, the offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions, probably the apple of the NFL's eye right now. I have an idea of where he's already headed. We'll talk about that here in a little bit, but that would be the biggest catch and probably the hardest catch, right? Um, Second would be Brian Johnson, the OC and former quarterback coach, kind of doing a little bit of both right now with the Philadelphia Eagles, who's done some fantastic things with uh, Jalen Hurts. Bobby Slowick, who was the offensive coordinator for the uh, Houston Texans, would be a first-time head coach after being a first-time offensive coordinator. So it'd be a big jump for him, but that's the way that offensive coordinators move in the NFL. You got to be a year early on these guys. And then finally, of course, Eric Bieniemy, who had interviewed for the New Orleans Saints open head coaching job the year that the Saints uh, lost Sean Payton or that Sean Payton stepped away and the Saints decided to continue on with Dennis Allen for the sake of continuity. Now, I think you have to throw continuity out the window, right? You want to try to find a way to go ahead and bring guys in that will end up kind of revamping and reimagining what it is that this New Orleans Saints team can be, particularly over on the offensive side. So all of those guys will be looking for head coaching opportunities in 2024. And the Saints should do everything that they can, if that job is open, to try to land one of those four, in my opinion. Now, those are the four that we know are going to be available right now. There are probably going to be other guys whose names are going to pop up over time, and we're going to go, oh, yep, that's a good one. Oh, yep, that's a good one, and all the other stuff. But in terms of what we're looking at here with week 17 still left to play, those are four guys that I look at. Ben Johnson, Brian Johnson, Bobby Slowick, and then Eric Bien-Aimé. Um, As William Huggins pointed out in one of the YouTube comments from yesterday's Christmas wish list episode, One thing that I do want to caveat all this with is that it doesn't matter who the head coach is or what your offensive system looks like and everything like that. If your offensive line and your defensive line are still playing poorly and the offensive line has played poorly over the course of the season, as well as of course, the defensive line has had its ups and downs, right? Seven set, seven sack game just a few, two weeks ago, but there's still a team that's lagging behind in terms of what their expected performance was coming into this season. And so we'll have to see how things are going with that. And all that, but no matter what happens with these coordinate or with these coordinators with these head coaches, anything like that, you have to make improvements on the roster as well. so this isn't just a one thing fixes all type of situation. you would have to still continue to make changes uh, along the uh, along the roster and along the personnel and particularly in the trenches. so I do want to make sure that I mention that because this isn't a cure all to change head coach. you still have to improve the roster as well so Let's take a look at the other jobs that will be open and maybe where the New Orleans Saints sit there. We know already that the um, Las Vegas Raiders job should be open, but should go to Antonio Pierce, who's done a fantastic job as their interim head coach. So let's just pretend that that happens. That means that the jobs that we know for sure that are open right now are the Los Angeles Chargers and the Carolina Panthers. Things feel pretty certain to be coming to an end with Ron Rivera and the, um, and the Washington Commanders, which would make Ron Rivera an excellent defensive coordinator candidate out there across the NFL. We'll see what happens with Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. Those conversations continue to heat up, but they just you know, took it to Sean Payton and the uh, and the Denver Broncos. And then you're probably going to see some other openings here or there. We'll see what happens with Atlanta. We'll see what happens with, nothing's going to happen with Todd Bowles and the Bucks. I don't imagine because they're probably on their way to the playoffs and all that. So, you know, there will be other positions and other um, other teams that will eventually open up their, their coaching searches this off season for certain, but the new Orleans saints might not be in as many as much. I talked about like blue waters versus red waters last year with the offensive coordinator search blue waters being when you're like the only team looking for an offensive coordinator, red water, or a head coach, uh, red waters being when you're amongst the bloody waters of every team looking for an offensive coordinator or a head coach. And the waters are really, really red last year. It doesn't look like that will necessarily be the case going into this offseason. So, that could work well for the New Orleans Saints in terms of opening up an opportunity to look at one of these coaches. So, if you look at the Los Angeles Chargers, the Chargers are the most desirable job, right? There's no doubt about that. They've got good players over on defense. They've got a a fantastic young quarterback. They have a good core to continue to build off of. The big thing is that they need to introduce young talent on that team. So, you're going to need to draft well. You're going to need to do all those other things. So, you're going to need to hire the right GM. In that situation as well, with, with not only Brandon Staley being fired, but so was Tom Telesco, their general manager. So that might make things a little bit more complicated over there. But I still think that that Los Angeles Chargers job, which opened a year late, by the way, that should have been the job that Sean Payton was able to take. But the But look, this is what happens sometimes when you're stubborn, right? And you've got stubborn loyalty. The Los Angeles Chargers did that last year. New Orleans Saints shouldn't be willing to do that this year, right? So you've got good candidates here. Here's an opportunity for you to get into some blue waters with some really, really good talent that could potentially rejuvenate the team, rejuvenate the fan base, all of these other things. So the Los Angeles Chargers are like number one on top of that list. Carolina Panthers, I don't care what anybody says. I don't think anybody should want that job. First of all, having to work under David Tepper and have an owner that's telling you every little thing to do. Like shout out to Mike McCarthy for making it work over under uh, 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 Jones and all that other stuff. Jerry Jones over in Dallas. Shout out to him for making it work. But my goodness, I don't think that you want that in Carolina, where you have a bust of a first overall selection in Bryce Young. You have an offense and a defense that needs a ton of work, and you have a coaching staff that's been depleted because they fired everybody this offseason. That's a tough gig to step into. Oh, and by the way, you have no draft capital because you sunk it all into a bust of a number one overall selection. Great work, David Tepper. Great work, Carolina Panthers. So I think like, if you look at the other jobs, the Washington, let's say the Washington Commanders open up and the New England Patriots open up. I think that the Saints are technically more desirable than the New England Patriots, maybe not as desirable as the Washington Commanders, but who do you like more, the 11th year of Derek Carr, an experienced veteran NFL quarterback, or Sam Howell? That's going to be the decision that somebody's going to have to make. Do they want to work with the veteran experienced quarterback that they can look at and see, okay, I know how to work with this guy, or do they go with the young quarterback that they kind of have to feel out and is still evolving and still figuring out? No shade at Sam Howell, but some coaches, especially first-time coaches, would rather work with the NFL veteran. That's going to kind of help them along as well. So there could be a good argument in favor of the New Orleans Saints being the second or third most desirable job this offseason if the Saints were to open up that job, depending upon what else opens up around the NFL. So not a bad situation for New Orleans. It's blue waters. There's a lot of talent. And if the Saints decided that they wanted to go with a defensive-minded head coach, the pool opens even more. Um, Ken Dorsey, uh, 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 Frank Reich, like there are other guys out there that are offensive-minded as well that that aren't on this top four list is really all that it is. This could be a good time for the New Orleans Saints to do this. So despite their loyalty, at what point do you stop looking at the loyalty for now and start looking at the opportunity that's ahead? And if the opportunity that's ahead is greater, Then the loyalty for now, the Saints might have to make a really tough decision this offseason, and one that, again, as we highlighted earlier, they have every good reason to make. Coming up next, the New Orleans Saints will not move off of Dennis Allen for sure if the team makes the playoffs, and that is very much still a possibility. So this effectively goes into our case for Dennis Allen, I guess you could say. But really, all that it is is a look at how the New Orleans Saints could make the playoffs because this is wild. We're going to take a look at it as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast. Network your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by friends at Game Time. Download the Game Time app so that you can grab all those last-minute tickets. If you're like me, you don't necessarily like to plan everything out super far in advance. Sometimes I just want to go and do something on a Thursday night and I decide that, Thursday morning, let me live my life. And that's what game time lets me do and game time will help you out with it as well. They've got deals all the way down to an hour after event start, flash sales, big deals, all that other stuff. And uh, users on average save around 18% when they shop with game time rather than other ticket providers. And you can also see the view from your seats before you purchase so that nothing takes you by surprise. It's pretty, pretty. Cool. So go and check them out today. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code Locked On NFL for $20 off of your first purchase. Once again, terms apply. Create an account and then use that promo code L O C K E D O N N F L for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price. Guaranteed. Let's get it. Who that nation wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints with a look at the quirky kind of Ways that the New Orleans Saints can still get into the playoffs, including a wild card bid that is absolutely wild. It can still happen, believe it or not, for the New Orleans Saints. And, and let's not let's not sugarcoat it, right? Like if the New Orleans Saints make the playoffs, offensive coordinator change this offseason, and then they're rolling on with Dennis Allen. Cause there's not a lot of other changes that you can make on this team. You can't make a lot of changes to the roster. You can add talent, but you're not cutting talent or anything like that. Like you're restructuring contracts to get under the salary cap and you're rolling with effectively mostly the same roster, right? But the Saints will be able to add talent, all that kind of stuff. And so there's still something that you can build there, but yeah, you know, I can see why the New Orleans Saints would want to keep things static. Although I think that they'd be signing themselves up for a third year of not being able to succeed in a winnable division if they did that, especially with a much more challenging schedule next year. So we'll highlight all that. And by the way, Let me give you, I I realized that like I highlighted all the stuff around, you know, uh, why, you know, making the case for the New Orleans Saints moving off of Dennis Allen and stuff like that. Let me give you my opinion outright. Would I move on from Dennis Allen and try to rebuild this coaching staff and better improve this team going into 2024 rather than riding with the same thing and hoping that it improves? Yes, I would. And look, there's a reason why I'm not paid millions of dollars, billions of dollars to make those, well, millions of dollars to make those decisions, right? So maybe it's the wrong decision but certainly feels like the right thing. Remember, we were told by Dennis Allen himself that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Going into a third year, this feels like doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And especially because the Saints could literally end up in the same place this year as they ended up at the end of 2022 and on, on the outside looking in at seven and 10. But if that doesn't happen and we see the New Orleans Saints take a step forward, Here's what it looks like if they make the playoffs. The most immediate route to making the playoffs is simple. You beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in week 17 and then hope that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers lose to the Panthers in week 18. It's simple to say, unlikely to happen. But if the Saints do beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in week 17, long, hard look at the camera, then there is still a chance for the Saints to get into the wildcard round as well. Let's talk about what's most likely the Saints go to Tampa, they lose, um, and then they're done. Right at that point, they're finished. It doesn't matter if they beat the Panthers at the end of the season. Doesn't matter. I'm oh, sorry. It doesn't matter if the Panthers beat the Bucks at the end of the season. Doesn't matter if the Saints beat the Falcons at the end of the season. If the Saints lose to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it's over. There's no path to the wild card round if the Saints lose to the Buccaneers, and certainly no path to winning the division if they lose to the Buccaneers. The wild card path, though, is still open for them. Believe it or not, if they beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which also keeps the division hopes alive. But if the Bucs were to beat the Panthers, then the only path for the Saints with a win in week 17 would be to go in through the wild card. So let's go through the three wild scenarios that would have to take place in order for the New Orleans Saints to get to the playoffs. Why am I doing this? Why am I talking playoffs? Why am I talking playoffs here? Because I want to highlight here what the New Orleans Saints would need to happen in order to make the playoffs in the easiest, with the, one of the easiest schedules in the NFL after playing one of the easiest schedules in the NFL, and after playing for a second year in the row in the worst division in the NFL. This is what the New Orleans Saints would need to happen, which further drives home some of the points that we made earlier. Okay, so if the Saints beat the Buccaneers, basically what they need is either the Steelers and or the Giants to also win in week 17. There's a path that goes one way. If the Giants win, but the Steelers lose, there's a path that goes another way if the Steelers win, but the Giants lose. And then there's another path if both of those teams do win, in addition to the Saints beating the Bucs. But remember, none of this works if the Saints beat the Bucs. So here's the way that this works. If the Saints beat the Buccaneers and the Giants beat the Rams, long, hard look at camera, um, and the Steelers lose the Seahawks in week 17, okay? So all those three things would have to happen in week 17. Saints win, Giants win, Steelers lose the Saints would need in week 18 for the Lions to beat the Vikings, not too bad, the Bears to beat the Packers, so-so, and the 49ers to beat the Rams, not too bad. So if that happens, then the New Orleans Saints fall backwards into a wild card spot, okay? Now, if the Saints beat the Bucks, the Giants lose to the Rams, but the Steelers beat the Seahawks, here's what the Saints would need in week 18. Still the Lions to beat the Vikings and the Bears to beat the Packers, but They'd also need the Cardinals to beat the Seahawks. Long hard look at camera. In that case, again, the Saints would fall into a wild card spot and play one of the best teams in the NFL on the road in the wild card round. Now, here's the other way that this can happen. In Week 17, the Saints beat the Bucks, and both the Giants and Steelers win. Okay, if both of those, if all three of those things happen in Week 17, it gets a little bit easier, a fraction of a bit easier, because what would happen is that the Lions would need to beat the Vikings. Not too bad an ask. The Bears need to beat the Packers. Not too bad an ask. And then either the 49ers beat the Rams or the Cardinals beat the Seahawks. Neither one of those do I feel very certain about come week 18, especially depending upon how locked up the top of the NFC is at that point. Who's playing for the 49ers? Who's riding the bench for the 49ers? Who's not being started? Who are they saving for the playoffs? All those other questions will come into play. Um, But that's what the Saints would need. So they would need some combination. Of the Giants, the Steelers, the Lions, the Bears, the Cardinals, and the 49ers to break their way, assuming that they beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this Sunday in Tampa, which does not feel like a sure thing by any stretch of the imagination. And to me, that is the solidifying factor that the Saints, with a brand new quarterback, with good talent on offense, A top 10 scoring defense, as much as the defense may have struggled at times throughout this season, they are still the ninth ranked scoring defense after this week of NFL football. Top 10 scoring defense, one of the easiest schedules in the NFL playing in the worst division in the league. And not only is there a question about whether or not they can beat a division opponent on the road, but there's a question of whether or not they can even beat that division opponent and still get to the playoffs. That should simply not be the case. And that, to me, is just another fact. Coming up in tomorrow's episode, we're gonna take a look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, okay? We're gonna start looking at that game, and we're gonna also be looking ahead. So I'm gonna try to split shows to try to make things interesting for every bit of the crowd, okay? We're gonna take a look at this game because there is still a game to be played. So we're gonna take a look at what it is that Tampa does, how the Saint, what the Saints do, think well, mostly what Tampa does. And then we're also gonna be taking a look at What's the future for the New Orleans Saints? What does it look like? And how do you start to get it in place? What are you watching over the course of these next two games effectively? So we're going to highlight all of that as means of projecting and looking ahead while simultaneously looking at this upcoming game against Tampa Buccaneers. Appreciate you as always for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day, every day, and for being an every day here on the show for your second listen. Make sure you go and check out Locked on Pelicans. Check out Locked on LSU as well. Go and show the rest of Locked on Louisiana some love. Thank you very much as always for making us a part of your day, part of your routine, for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, please say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on your favorite social media at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're momming them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holler at you.